Hello and welcome to another Not Chili podcast. Today, we introduce another voice into the family as we bring on my close friend, Matt. Matt and I decided to do an episode in an environment that matched him the best. And so we decided to put the gear on our backs and take to a hike. So in episode 14, we talk about hiking and we talk about the many kind of ideas behind it, like what to wear and uh, what makes it really amazing for us and all the kind of maybe even little nuances that Matt knows about through his uh, profession of filming on four-wheel drive action videos. Alrighty, let's do this. Thanks for being a part of this. I think I've told you this before, but Pajero means wanker in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Hey man, you knew that before you bought it, so... That's why I bought it. Yeah. I am a wanker. Dude. It's a problem. (laughs) It's not even a porn addiction, I just... I just like the feeling of my junk. Can't stop thinking about it. Uh, FYI, we're rolling. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, I've been for the last fifteen. <laughs> yeah, no, I figured we had been. Okay, good. All right. But I just didn't want to think about it. Oh, good. No, no, good. Then don't think about it. Just I'm when it's about it now. Yeah. Well, All right. Now okay. I'm talking like a robot. <laughs> yeah. I am so self-conscious about the sound of my voice. Yes, I will do the best podcast of them all. Uh, Are you kidding me? Don't go through the gate. Climb over the gate? Yeah. Oh, you're shitting me. It's part of the adventure, man. But it's useless. No. Useless adventure. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why it's there. I'm sure there's some very logical reason. I think it's mainly just because... Oh, sorry, man. Yeah, you piece of shit. Here we go. Trapping. Wild dog and fox control. Don't eat the poison baits, Piot. Oh... It tastes so good. It tastes like sleeping. Yeah, oh shit. This is already becoming an excessive hike. So, thank you for doing this podcast. You are I'll, very welcome. I'll start it now, as we're both relatively out of breath, but now on kind of like a flat way. Yeah. So, where are we, Matt? So, we are in the Blue Mountains National Park, and we are camping at a place called Dunphy's Campground. Woo! Which is a beautiful campsite in the Megalong Valley and is also named after and I'm gonna have, I'm gonna forget his first name but the reason it's called Dunphy Campground is because this Dunphy fella mm. was instrumental in the setting up of Blue Mountains National Park. Oh whoa, that's a big deal. Yeah, and it's a massive, massive park. It's one of the biggest in the country um, and it ex- extends to basically as far as Lithgow. Holy jeez. From just say the Glenbrook lower mountains area and as far across as even almost near the Hunter Valley. Like it's massive. Okay. Well, tell me a bit about yourself. When it comes to like hiking and specifically hiking actually and kind okay. of bush and like a forward driving because we just had a good tr- chat about. Um, oh, All right. We just had a good chat about you know, forward driving up, like, and closing tracks and ranges and stuff. Yep. But I kind of want to know why, why, why should I listen to you when it comes to hiking? I would probably be the first person to admit that I'm not an expert on the subject, but I am a curious soul. Mm-hmm. And a long time ago, I realized that I really wanted to push myself and to kind of explore this beautiful area that we live in and we're lucky to call home and I realized that one of the best ways to do that was to hike yeah because it really is you know the most um, I guess the most natural way to visit these places and to experience them the way that they've existed for thousands of years so what do you mean by like the most natural way well it's the it's the least intrusive way Mm-hmm. By walking, you know, you're not causing a huge amount of distress to the, the natural area. Um, it's also a satisfaction thing of doing it on your own power. And I, oh, yeah. I, I love that element of... Should we tell the audience that we're on segways? <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, but totally, <laughs> totally against the, the, what we're like, the heavy breathing that we're currently going through. That's right. <laughs> um, 
Okay, no, but you know, you say that you're, you're no expert, but to be honest, out of all my friends, you've definitely done the most hiking. You're the most active in that field. You're the most excited about it. And you also actually have things to say about it. And also you've got some experience when it comes to national parks, not just in Australia, but in America. Um, and so like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, sure. You could say that there's someone who's like been a ranger for half their life and you know, or every single day they do like a massive hike and they, they know the, the name of every type of rock that's on the floor or some shit. But you, you know, to a lot of way, you are an expert in these kind of things, at least a, a hobbyist. That is, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I am definitely a hobbyist. I think because I've spread myself quite thin across a number of hobbies, I don't, I consider myself definitely a jack of all trades mm -hmm. and, you know, not an expert in every field. Um, I can't remember the exact saying, but uh, jack of all trades, master of none, something along those lines. Yeah, I, I disagree. <laughs> okay. Only because I know you well enough and I know you're, you're being humble which you do, because it's, it's like, I mean, whether I keep all that stuff that we talked about before, but it's all those kind of little interesting details, which like, it's, it's, not, it's not something that average hiker will do. It's someone, it's someone who's just not just interested in hiking, but interested in the idea of hiking, what it means. It's like, while you're hiking, you're not just going, ooh, pretty tree. You're going, what is this? Who built this path? Where does it come from? Why would someone build it here? You know, like, could I drive my four-wheel drive through here? I feel like that's that's a little bit more on the level of like, uh, like you shouldn't underplay that. Yes, you're not a trained expert in this field. You know, like a, well, I guess a botanist or a ge geologist coming here, like studying years and understanding the flora and fauna of the land. But you certainly are enthusiastic and excited and curious enough that you take that that like deeper look into things rather than just enjoying the pretty yeah so definitely that, so you can own that that's totally that's cool to own no thank you thanks a lot for that man like as i said a number of years ago i was in a bit of a rut mm. and i just realized that i just needed to get out there and yeah and push myself and explore as much as i can mm -hmm. because i feel like that's that gives me a purpose in life and obviously i've got other purposes in life and um and they drive me as well. Of course. But I found a real purpose in being outdoors and pushing myself and seeing this beautiful, this, this beautiful country. And we are very fortunate to live in a place like Sydney where within an hour you can be in total wilderness in the oh. Blue Mountains. Oh yeah. Or down south you can be in you know, Royal National Park which was one of the first national parks ever established in the world. And beautiful coastline and beautiful uh, scenery. But on top of that, it's, it is a real mental challenge. Yeah, what do you mean? I find a lot of people kind of put up these barriers to doing things like hiking and exploring because they think, oh, it's too overwhelming. You know, what if I injure myself? Like, I don't feel like I'm prepared adequately. Mm -hmm. And they just put up all these barriers. and. When I started, I was such a noob. It wasn't funny. Like I would go out and I would forget key things and I would realize quite quickly that I wasn't fully prepared for the hike that I was undertaking. But by doing that, learned quite quickly what not to do and how to improve and, and yeah, how to be more prepared for those situations. And it also really just kind of broadened my horizons, I felt, because mm -hmm. once I got into hiking, I then, you know, wanted to look at other options. So four-wheel driving came along. And before I started working full-time as a, uh, a cameraman for a four-wheel drive show, that, um, that aspect of four-wheel driving had never occurred to me as something I would be into. Mm. But then with all my other passions like mountain biking, and camping and kayaking and all those things, I realized that a full drive is the natural way to get even greater access to those places to do those activities. Mm, hell yeah. And by, by working as a cameraman on the full drive show, it's, um, it's really opened my eyes to how much of this country um, can be accessed with a full drive. 
But sadly, as we were talking about earlier, I've realized that so much of the country is being closed off to the public because you get a lot of backpackers and you get a lot of very irresponsible, reckless people, like local Australians, who go into these places and just destroy the campsites. Mm. They'll leave fires burning and that's what causes bushfires. Oh yeah. They'll leave rubbish everywhere. Well, we just saw it just a second ago where we were like, you know, looking at like the fire pit there and someone had like taken the fencing and made it into their own little grill. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sure, you feel like MacGyver doing so. Yeah. But someone put that damn fence up for a reason. That's right. right? And you've got to respect the fact that a lot of these national parks also border on private property. Oh yeah. And people who've owned these properties for centuries. Like since the, f the first settlers came to Australia, mm. some of these properties are passed down through the generations and they are the ones who keep access open even though they get idiots coming through and driving through their property recklessly, damaging the track. Mm. I think a lot of people don't think about this aspect of um, keeping public access to these places. For them to keep that open, they've got to have a bridge across that across the river yep. to allow access to this campsite and to these walking tracks. Absolutely, that's not free. Exactly. And like, if something is to happen, national parks aren't paying them and they've got to worry about things like insurance and oh. other things like that. Here we go, it's just, where are we? Bell, Bellbird Lookout Track, 1.5 Ks. All right, we've just done a kilometer. Holy shit. Well, that was all uphill, so we're doing pretty well. That's it. Should we go this way? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Because right. I think that's where we're going to get a pretty specky view. You know, I'm just going to humble brag here. Yeah. When I opened the gate, I saw there was a donation box. Yep. I put $5 in. Oh. Oh, look how amazing I am. A whole <laughs> note. I was like, I went to the gate, opened it up, was like, I don't have coins. Ah, I won't do it. I'll get changed somewhere else. I'm like, you're about to go into a bushland. There's probably not a place to get change. So I was like, you know what? I'm willing to go a whole note. <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm no rich person. No, and but I think- uh, I gave back. There is like at least five or six nails in that next bridge that will be made. That'll be because of me. Uh, I think, I think it, it all comes across in your tone that you really are a humble person. Oh, absolutely. I am definitely the most humblest yes. of people. Definitely. And the best I mean, at being humble. It's, it's interesting that you say that because now I know how humble you are in the fact that you didn't tell me when you got back in the car that you did that. That's right. But now that we're recording <laughs> the podcast, you've decided to say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is an important, like, you know, I think that being this humble... I have to let people know how to be as humble as I am by showing how humble I am. Really, you're just educating the public. That's, you know what, for the 10 people that listen to this podcast, that's exactly what I'm doing. That's what I, I believe I, my purpose in life is, is to educate the rest of the world about how humble I am. Mate, you're doing a great job. Doing a great job. Please keep it up. I will never stop. So, um, <laughs> I forgot what we were up to. What were you talking about? So you were talking about like forward driving and like how the like tourists will come in. They will like, I mean, like we saw in the fire pit, like someone just reappropriated a bit of the fence to make themselves a bit of a grill plate, left it in the fire pit, just didn't even pull it aside or return it or whatever, not realizing the effects. We, you know, people don't realize that like, yes, we're not walking on like paved area, mm. but to be honest, I imagine once every couple of years, they're going to have to go through, cut down some logs, they're gonna have to like shift shit out of the way. Yeah. That's not like a simple and easy process. Oh, so we're about to walk into a spider. No, I was gonna let you go like a gentleman. Oh, right. Can I just say, um, as a side note, previous to this experience of walking through the bush, Matt has ma managed to terrify me. <laughs> now, I don't wanna get bitten by a bull ant. <laughs> Some crazy bullet ant, sorry. A crazy freaking super wasp and uh, and there's a, there's those spiders that that guy had in that show, which let crawl all over him. And then he's like, oh yeah, and this is like the uh, the American blah 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 version of this spider. In Australia, they're bigger. I'm like, great, Matt. Here we are. I'm gonna die. So thanks a lot. And now oh, we're walking mate. through bushes. That's why I was terrified just then. You're like, why did you stop? Why didn't you say stop to me? <laughs> did you want me to die here? Is this just a plot to kill me? Uh, definitely not. I've had many opportunities to do that and I've chose not to. 
Because I'm a humble person. Because <laughs> I wouldn't do that because I'm such a good guy. That's right. It's how you be humble. I'm teaching you how to be <laughs> humble. Um, but you know, you're right about the like, I mean, like uh, completely ignoring the whole humble bragging crap. Like, yep. it's not like putting $5 in that fucking little box isn't really going to change the day. But it's important that like, that's how these places run. Like, exactly. They might get a little government funding to a certain degree, yep. but not enough to keep a ranger at vicinity. That's right. And I think for them, it's all, the way I look at it, I'll put it this way. The way I look at it is national parks have basically turned a lot of parks into a commodity because they realize that with the amount of tourists and local traffic coming through, they can make a lot of money by charging entry fees and parking permits and campsite fees and having this booking system. Now, in a lot of ways it's probably needed and I don't want to get too vocal on the subject without having, I guess, both sides of the opinion mm -hmm. um, or both sides of the subject. But for me, it kind of goes against the whole idea of camping where for me, I love the spontaneity of getting out, hiking, camping and all of that. I love being able to just pack the car up and go. Yeah. Whereas by doing that, booking system and camping permits and that all that jazz it's making it so it's making it almost impossible to do that spontaneous camping trip or that spontaneous hiking trip where you've got to plan everything out you have got to make sure that there's a campsite available and that's why i really respect private property owners like these guys here who've allowed access to this campground and the fact that this campground is the way i feel most campgrounds should be which is free Mm -hmm. With no booking system, it's a first come, first served setup, and that's why I particularly love this place because you just yeah you just have that freedom, and you don't have that freedom in many places um, left in Australia. But I assume you also see the benefit to the booking system. Definitely, yeah. So what, what, what's your what's your feelings on that? Like, how would you, if you were, because obviously we're incredibly educated about, you know, bushland and national parks. If anyone didn't get my sarcasm, that's exactly what I was going for. Uh, but like in, in your mind of like, like obviously under like an a amateur mind about this particular kind of deal, how would you run a, like a booking system? Because obviously there's some value to it. Definitely. There is... I think it's there for a reason yep. because at school holiday times those places get absolutely packed and really quickly and it can actually get really nasty when people rock up and try and just squeeze into a campground and they're encroaching on someone else's space yeah that can get it can get quite heated with arguments and you know damage of people's property and mm -hmm. i think it's a really sad state of affairs that you know if we as adults can't just rock up at a campsite and realize, okay, it's full, um, this wasn't meant to be, we'll just go somewhere else. But at the same time... Well, I mean, imagine being a family of like five kids and this is like yeah. the one weekend to get away and all that other... You know, I, 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 I get the, the reasons why you'd have this kind of system. Yeah. Uh, so I have, not this system, but like the booking system. Yeah. Um, but I also, I also appreciate, because the booking system comes costs. Yeah. You know, whether it's a fucking simple, I gotta stop swearing. Whether it's a simple um, service, like a, like a server system, like a host, like a Squarespace or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, what, where, whether it's just like, oh, squarespace.com, we'll do like a booking system through there. That's still $100 a year or whatever, $150 yeah. a year. Uh, whether it is someone that you have to pay uh, to do um, like that kind of thing like manage and host a website, make sure the bookings don't get overloaded or whatever, then that's also like a, a full-time person you have to pay for that stuff. And so I, I don't know, I, I, I actually agree with you in a lot of ways, but I feel like there's gotta be a middle ground and I don't think that that's being met. Are you filming me? Sorry. I would never record you. <laughs> I was trying to be all sneaky, but... No, 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 I could tell you are doing it. I just pretended like I didn't know. I just think this is a very cool experience. I'm sorry to distract from no, what no, you were don't. talking about. Do it. Just throw your camera up. I don't care, man. But Give me the box. It's such a cool experience. I think this is quite a unique thing and definitely not something I'm used to doing. Yeah. But, um, Neither am I. 
but whatever. I definitely agree with what you were saying. Um, I feel like... So what's the middle ground for you? Because the other thing, the other element, just to just to cut you off there, yep. the other element that I remember we were talking about in the car before was that it's like, it becomes like $20 a night. Oh, just walked into a spider. Nice, that's where you walked first. It was a golden orb spider. Oh no! <laughs> the bite was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we were talking about it before that... Uh, uh that like some places are now charging like twenty dollars a night yeah which you know like i get it that it's still cheap but that's still like wh what's your version of that story where because you've got to incur some kind of a fee how, how would you run it if you if you were the the leader of all this stuff that's a very tricky thing of course man but you know okay let's once again the disclaimer here is that we're not professionals in this yeah we can be naive about this but as a as a user and as a, like a an enthusiast of hiking and camping and four-wheel driving yeah how do you see that the the national parks or the the private grounds and stuff like that managing to sustain themselves financially whilst also not being kind of um what's the word uh being too like like they're taking too much from everyone else how do you how do you balance that? I honestly think that there is a lot more land that could be made public. Okay. I feel like... So they make the land public, yeah. What they've done is they've restricted access to so many places and then forced massive amounts of people into one campsite in a national park that is uh, massive. Okay. And so I think my solution would be everyone must get a annual permit for a national parks pass. I already like what you're saying because that's definitely a thing as it, as it stands mm -hmm. and it grants you access to all national parks in New South Wales except for Kosciuszko because they've got to deal with Threadbow uh, and Perisher. Mm. Oh, sorry, no, actually just Threadbow. Yeah, yeah, well, I didn't know that, but that's good to know. And basically it's a business decision because Threadbow exists within Kosciuszko National Park. You can only, you can get an annual pass to every park in New South Wales, except for Kosciuszko for 60, roughly $60 a year. Wow. And it's kind of like a gym membership, you know, like 99% of the, the year, you probably will never use it. That's right. But does every person have to get a pass or every vehicle? Uh, every vehicle. Okay, sorry. But here's, here's the catch. Okay. So you get access to all those national parks, except for Kosciuszko for $60 to include Kosciuszko, which is a massive area and not just a ski resort. Mm -hmm. That's costing you something about $170. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So you do the math on that and you think about, okay, well, really, how much of that money is going to Threadbow? How much of that money is going to the Upkeeper National Parks? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's a bit of a shady area. And again, it's, it's systemic throughout the whole National Parks system. Like, and I'm, again, I'm going to yeah, preface this by saying I'm not an expert in the area, but this is just my opinion. Mm. I feel like there is a lot of shady, uh, a, sh a lot of shady things going on. And that's one area of it, which I don't agree with. Mm. But yeah, I think if you open up more, more parts of national parks to the public, you create more infrastructure to get to those places. You, uh, people need to buy a permit for their car for a year to get access to those places. Yep. That will pay for the infrastructure to be built and maintained. Mm -hmm. And then for day visitors, you charge your permit, so your parking permit and your day entry fee okay. for tourists and things like that. What seems reasonable for that kind of? Well, at the moment they're charging about $8 per vehicle per day okay. for a single use day entry, mm -hmm. which I think is pretty reasonable. Yeah, that's, that's two coffees. Yeah, that's right. It really does help to have that perspective because that kind of justifies anything, really. Oh, yeah. But, um... Like car insurance. It's like, I don't know, 150 coffees. <laughs> that's a lot of coffee. Oh, I don't know, actually, if it's that much. That's yeah. Probably only like 100 coffees, but whatever. No, but yeah, no, no, I get what your point is. Just a side note. I don't know if yes. you've looked out to the right here. Oh, I haven't. I've been looking down to the ground because I'm scared. <laughs> but oh. I think this is one of my favourite moments in hiking is when... You're just walking along and you've been absorbing everything else. Mm -hmm. And then just this unexpected, beautiful view opens out in front of you or to, to the side. And, and it reminds you that you have to walk all the way back. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm seeing the, 
glass is not, it's half empty in that. Yeah. No, this is stunning. So just so the audience here knows, right now, actually, you know what? I'm gonna take a photo and add this to the, uh, the thingy so people can see what I'm talking about. So, so you guys know, oh man, the photo doesn't do it justice, but whatever. You'll get what I mean. Like, it's kind of like in the deep distance, there's this like really beautiful valley which kind of crops out. Um, and it's, it, it's like Matt describes, you, you just, you, you're sweating, you're carrying sound equipment, you know how everyone does, and you're, up, you're getting up to the top of a hill, and all you can see is trees. <laughs> all, that's, all, that's all it is. And then suddenly, you get just over a particular ridge, and you start seeing through it. And you see the layers and depth, you know, all the way, I don't know. It's not like, uh, probably like 50k that you can see and you, and you can see what, what they why they call it the blue mountains exactly yeah anyway sorry I, t I stole that from you because you're right that is pretty pretty just walked through another spider web nice this is why you're walking ahead of me man <laughs> they like to get stuck in my beard oh <laughs> look at you hopefully they just don't make a, a house and a little neighborhood of their mates yeah yeah a little baby nest <laughs> yeah. um so you're saying that like so you I, so I like this idea i mean of course, considering how infrequently I go to, um, you know, to hiking and going camping and stuff like that, but it's a vehicle. I'm not going to drive 10 vehicles with one person per car to each thing. You're going to get into a four wheel drive, stock it to the brim, take five of your friends or yep. four of your friends and you driving and you're there. And that's one vehicle pass. And between five of you, that's like $10 a year. Is that really? like that much to spend no not at all but i think the fact is that on top of that they're also making all this money from camp fees oh. when i'm saying that if you get rid of the camp fees or you reduce the rate because at the moment some campsites are costing you 28 dollars a night and that's for an unpowered site with no toilet so you may as you're better off just camping in the bush like yeah and i think this is the problem is for a lot of families camping was always the cheapest way to have a holiday Mm. And always the and um, the way for families to have the most meaningful time together, because you've got so little distractions. And so many brown snakes. <laughs> That's right. Teaches you survival. Exactly. But I feel like it's basically shutting that off to a lot of people because life's getting so expensive mm. that you know camping was the only way for some families to have holidays uh, back in the day and even today. But now that's not even uh, being poss made possible because they're charging these ridiculous fees. Yeah, I, can, I actually can kind of feel you out there. Like, it's great to think like we're, you know, we got partners and, but we don't have kids. You know, we, we have life expenditures and, you know, but we certainly couldn't just do this forever because we'd just run out of money. And then add like kids in the mix. You know, that's, that's a tough, expensive life situation. That's right. <laughs> and you and you want to be able to just do it. I mean, like, I know that we're kind of playing like, oh, wouldn't it be great if everything worked our way? But I guess we also got to factor in. So like, let's let's bring that into the mix of like what it means for them to have like a good working system that is is good for the people, good for the parks. So what 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 costs a national park more or a private resident more to have people camping instead of just having people drive through? Oh, definitely camping. So what, why, like, obviously that costs more, but what makes it more expensive? Well, you've got to, th I think it's all of the little things that people often don't think about. So, you know, in, in order to just have basic facilities like a toilet, for example, at a national park. Yeah. You have to cost, the costs are to build that in the first place. Yep. Then you, you've got to have every couple of weeks, someone come in and collect the waste. Yep which is not a pretty process, but absolutely essential. Uh -huh. um, and then on top of that, like uh, you've got to have regular maintenance of the campgrounds. Okay. So, you know, if trees fall over, if idiots come in and leave rubbish, you've got to have people come in and clean that up. And I guess you got to do like a fire watch. That's right. Also you got to pay for like a ranger on a yearly salary too. That's right. And then on top of that, you've also got these, uh, I think, a lot of people don't know how bad the wild dog and fox populations are. Oh, yeah. And so you've got to lay traps or baits for those to control those populations. Um, like in the lower mountains, for example, wild dogs are a huge problem. Oh. They basically just roam the forests. Eating uh, everything, I assume. 
yeah, and killing local wildlife and, uh, you know, um, yeah, just terrorizing citizens, basically. Like, mm. they'll rock up in people's backyards and they'll destroy property and it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. This is another one of those moments, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna just, for the, for the fan base who so actually go to podbean.com and look me up, just FYI, and then please subscribe. Here's another pretty f beautiful photo with my incredibly slow camo and with Matt in the... Yeah, that's us. And I feel like this is what, another one of my favorite parts of hiking. I feel like we've been talking about some really important issues, but kind of gotten off track a little bit in terms of why I love hiking. It feels like I'm a bit of a negative Nancy, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to make, well, not me personally, but I would <laughs> like things to be easily accessible to the public because I feel like so much of society doesn't come to these places mm. and I re really wish they would because I feel like people get stuck in ruts like I did. People, you know, don't push themselves enough. They don't make time for these experiences. Yeah. And they don't realize how amazing it can be to just be away from the city. Yeah, can I just say that when you think of hiking and you think of like going up to see this kind of beautiful, spending like a few hours walking in a particular direction, uh, being exhausted and carrying heavy shit and all that stuff. When you think of it objectively, it seems like a terrible idea. It's like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna Google this particular view and I guarantee you there's probably been at least 10 photos of someone who's taken a beautiful photo with a great DSLR and it's gonna look stunning, it's gonna look amazing. Oh wow, it's not one of those fucking amazing moments. Um, right. And I'll take a photo of this. But it's like, it's one of those things that like people say, especially about like things like the Grand Canyon, for example, they go, you just gotta, you gotta see it for real. It's such a different experience. And cameras, no matter how good the technology, no matter how good the DOP is, whatever, it just cannot compete. And it could be because getting up here is exhausting and we're sweating and the endorphins are rushing and everything feels great. Or it could be actually just, there's just something you cannot capture with this camera that I'm now taking a photo with. Like it's just, maybe it's just uncapturable. I honestly do think that's a lot to do with it. Like so many times you try and relay your excitement about being in a particular place to someone. And I think in this day and age, especially, I think people aren't as excitable as they should be or as they could be. Mm. I don't, maybe they don't have to be that excitable, but I find that for me, this really drink, brings me tr true joy. Yeah. Being in places like this. And I think, you'd, I think I mean, there are gonna be plenty of people that don't enjoy this that much. Yeah. But I, I think that the bulk of people would actually genuinely not realize how much they enjoy it. Yeah. A good example, I have a story about this. When I did, um, uh, me and Laura did uh, Grand Canyon. We, we like picked a particular hike. And I remember Google Maps had hired someone to wear like a 3D camera and to actually like do the hike, the actual hike we're about to do. Yeah. So I managed just so I wanted to see if there was like what, like because the American system of like scaling how difficult a hike is, is kind of a bit weird. So I, I really wanted to see what the hike was before I did it. Yeah. And so I, I did it and I was like, oh man, that's beautiful. Look, look at us going, like literally like going down this, this hike way. And no matter how stunning that was, it was nothing compared to doing it. And actually like getting down there and just being like, wow. Yeah. Like even the photos I took, it's like, I can't, I have a good camera, like similar to the one that Matt's currently using. It wasn't my phone or anything. And just, you just cannot express it. The air, the squirrels, the <laughs> like beautiful look, the landscape, the color of the rock. That's right, the know. layers. Like as yeah. far off in the distance, there is just layer upon layer of these sandstone formations. Yeah. And I think the thing that I try to keep in mind when I'm in places like this is how old these formations and landscapes are. Yeah. And the fact that long after we're gone, they are still gonna be here. Yeah, hell yeah. And hopefully they're still gonna be here, you know, with with a lot of issues that we're facing, global warming and things like that. Like, I feel like we don't take care of the environment as much as we probably should. I think that was a wasp. I think it was a bee. Okay. Uh, we should be okay. 
Hopefully. Um, We're not dead yet. Sorry I interrupted that. that was... No, 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 that's fine. It's good not to die. Um, <laughs> no, you're, you're right. Like, it's like, you never know. Then the other thing I was going to add to that, actually, was that, like you said, this, this didn't just happen. This took hundreds of millions of years. Mm. You, you can't plant trees fast enough to make this a reality. This just slowly but surely came together. That's right. And I just, I sometimes just stand in a place if I've got the time and I always try to make the time because ultimately when I started hiking, it was also a great way to feed my passion of cinematography and photography because being in these beautiful places just inspires that i think of course you know you you think of ways to shoot something and to capture something and to put people in in your shoes and try and capture it you know in the most beautiful way you possibly can mm. but a lot of the times especially on my trips to america which were a whole other experience that probably worth another podcast yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. but like I would find that I would just be so focused on the cinematography and the photography aspect that I would s just lose sight of where I was and what I was doing and why I came there in the first place. Oh yeah, I know and what you mean. I, I really got, I got pretty down on myself about it because I would think, what's my motivation for coming to these places? Is it really to experience them or is it just to take the photos and to get the picture? Yeah, and just say, I did it. That's right. And it's like, that's not what it's about, right? Yeah, 100%, because sometimes these are the only places in the world that you can experience true silence yeah and just experience the way the world used to be without all of the chaos and noise and everything the irony to that was the plane that just flew overhead <laughs> yes I, otherwise i totally agree and for me those moments i think i need in my life mm -hmm. because when life gets a bit full on and work gets stressful and it's kind of ironic because for my job I go to a lot of these beautiful places mm. but because I'm working I don't get to enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. We and were saying that today. Like I will do another podcast about like camping and, and about that kind of lifestyle but you were saying today that like we're just going on a one day camping trip and you're doing almost the same things you would do on your, in your work when you're actually doing it like the work kind of filming the show but this is different. Definitely. Like, I feel, I feel like I need these moments camping with people like yourself to really remind myself of why I love it. Yeah, hell yeah. Because when you're working, you start to associate camping with work and then you start to get all negative about it and think, why do I do this? Like, you know, why do I do this? And it is to spend time with people that you love, mm -hmm. you know, catching up enjoying each other's company, enjoying the natural environment, doing something that, you know, is quite foreign, I think, to us in everyday life. Because if you don't do this often, it's kind of taking you out of your comfort zone yeah. and getting you to experience something that, you know, you might not think to experience because, you know, life takes so much of your time. Oh, yeah. Of just... Just maintenance. Yeah. You know, whatever right. that may be, whether that be keeping fit or, you know, earning enough money. It just it takes your life away. That's right. And I think for me, over the years, I've started to realize that, yeah, I needed to have a different perspective when I came to places like this. And it doesn't have to all be about getting the photo. But for me, the photos and the video also serve a purpose of taking me back into that moment. Mm -hmm. So now I make the point of when I'm at a place to just put everything down and just take a moment to really enjoy the view and to think about, you know, yeah, to think about how this landscape was formed and to, to really have that perspective, to think about the early explorers who made their way through these places. And so many of the places that you go to are named after these people who not a lot of them were very successful. Yeah. Like, sure. it was a tough life. And they had to hack their way through bushes to get to That's right. paths that literally just look like dirt on the ground. <laughs> and I think so many people just walk along them and they're like, oh, this is so convenient that this yeah. track is formed, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, it took a lot of work and a lot of time and people died. Like, the true fact is that lots of people sacrificed their lives to build these, to build the access to these places. Mm. And I think that's what, something worth protecting. Yeah, hell yeah. Because it really, it, it's an incredible thing that money cannot buy, I feel. Like, you don't need a lot of money to go hiking. No. It's not an, ex an expensive activity in my eyes. Maybe like 
40 bucks. That's right. At most fuel and water and snacks. Yeah. Like, and even if you don't like camping, just getting out into places like this doesn't require camping. No. You can come out here, it's a day trip. It's only an hour and a half drive from Sydney. Yeah, yeah. And you're out in this. And you don't even need to travel that far, really. No. No, you really don't. It's, it's actually, it's, it's so, it's almost too easy to do this. Like, like, just to give perspective, I don't know, obviously people don't know what I, or they know what I do for a living, but they don't realize, like, I've got a bag full of sound equipment. <laughs> You know, you've got like a, a little tiny camera on you and, and like a, another box that we've been carrying up. But it wasn't like, yeah, I mean, the beginning of this podcast, you hear us breathing because we're walking up a hill, you know, but it really wasn't that far of a stretch to get up here, bring the equipment up. And if we can bring the equipment up here and do this, then most people can bloody do this just on their own with a bottle of water and, and you know, a Mars bar or something, or something. And that's probably the worst snack to bring. <laughs> that's true but there's some crazy stories about uh should we keep going like down the i think this is not the end of the path no it's not no but i mean what a place to stop and just have a quick chat that's right admire the view yeah man um but yeah you hear crazy stories about people who underestimate the wilderness yeah and like i've been on hikes before and i'll see british backpackers and sorry to single out the british but they <laughs> tend to be the people who i think are a bit more lax about uh, safety and preparedness. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I, we ran over what I thought was a, either a brown snake or a red belly yeah. on the way here. That's, That's true. You got to be careful about that stuff. They not look like sticks. Intentionally, not intentionally. No, no, not intentionally. No, like literally, didn't realize it wasn't a stick until right in front late. of it. Just too late, and we, he you veered a bit to so, so probably got its tail. But you know, I'm sure, it's having a great day. <laughs> just to make you feel worse but like it, that stuff's dangerous you know australia has some of the most dangerous landscapes and also like you can fall off this yeah you know like you, you gotta you can't be an idiot that's right like i've so one yeah, of my sorry tell your story no that's right so i was hiking in um tasmania and we were doing a track uh in a place called the hazards which <laughs> kind of says a lot about it uh, right there what but do you mean, Matt? No, don't, don't explain that, go. That's right, it's uh, a peak uh, called Mount Amos, and it's in oh, yeah. Freycinet. I think you've told me the story, but I want everyone to hear it, go. That's okay. Um, so, my partner Beck and I were, were doing this hike, and we, I knew it was going to be a difficult one, and it certainly was that. It was less hiking and more scrambling up the side of a mountain. Mm. But, in saying that, there were so many people who were doing that track who just were not wearing the right gear, who, you know, could have easily, like we ran into two British backpackers wearing thongs, oh, no. stubby shorts oh, God. and singlets. That's a, that's a, that's a problem. I mean, this sign kind of says it all really. You've got to have signs like this because people might think, oh, the track just keeps going <laughs> yeah. and then they're just going to walk off a cliff. Like, yeah. It's, um, wow, this it is. This is also really beautiful. We, we, we made it to the Bellbird Lookout, and it is stunning. I'll take a photo and put it up. To be honest, mate, I, I've not, I've known nothing about this particular lookout and mm. didn't really know what to expect. And it is very awesome. Yeah, man. And that's a word that kind of gets overused a bit, but I think sometimes places like this genuinely deserve an awesome. I think it's also how you say it, I think. That's true. Um, no, and well, I mean, that's, you, you are right about that. It also doesn't take a lot of money to, I mean, it doesn't even have to be like hiking boots. It can just be a pair of runners or something. 100%. And I think, again, people putting up barriers to prevent them from, from doing that. You know, they think, oh, it's too difficult. I need too much gear. Or sometimes people like, I'm guilty of this as well. I sometimes mm. get bogged in the, you know, the buying of equipment and I start, you know, I just, I think, oh yeah, I want to get the latest and greatest hiking boots and I want to get, the... but then sometimes you just literally need to get out there and do it and not yeah. focus so much on the buying of equipment and what I need and all that kind of thing. Yeah, hell yeah. But I guess at the same time, you also need to be prepared. So, But, but to be prepared, you don't, you rarely need to buy something. Usually, okay, first of all, I mean, for the, for the other people who actually are interested in hiking, what you really need is you need sunblock. Yeah. You need a pair of long jeans. I think like people use shorts, but like for the safety. I'd say snake. pants, not jeans. Okay. Pants. Jeans quite heavyweight, and so if the weather changes, uh, they they don't offer much uh, 
in the way of waterproof waterproofing mm, okay no that's um, totally down and also they can cause chafing and unpleasant things and all right. they're quite hot but uh, but sorry, also yeah. no 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 that's a good point that's a really because i mean i i love wearing jeans for this kind of stuff yeah another thing i don't factor in is that a lot of like ladies jeans yeah are like tight skinned yeah and that's just terrible for this stuff that's right i mean unless you're wearing those like like you know those like hiking like not the runner pants or something maybe they're good but yeah i was always taught to wear jeans but they've got to be loose. Yeah. They've got to be able to sag around so they're not like chafing, so they're not this. But if you can afford a pair of nice hiking pants, yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, this is the amazing thing about places like Aldi. So these pants that I'm wearing right now, mm. they cost me $10. Oh, that's my jeans probably cost me 50. And they were in like the bargain bin at Aldi. And yeah. that's, that's often how I do a lot of things because I have so many hobbies to afford doing them. I tend to look for the most economical way to, to get the gear that I need. Yeah. Kmart, yeah. Target, Kmart, Target, Aldi. Aldi, Anaconda's great. They've got great sales. Mm. Um, buying online, like websites like Snowy's is a great place to buy camping gear. Mm -hmm. I have, we have no affiliation with them, obviously. No, no, but... I wish. Hey, you guys want to sponsor us? <laughs> we'll do a hike every single week and do a podcast about it. Um, but like places like that make it quite economical to get into these activities so don't let that put you off people like, yeah so we need a we need a, like a oh, hold on it's an ant crawling in here. um we you. need a so you need an a, at least a pair of runners yeah um i would say at least a pair of long pants doesn't have to be hiking pants but yep. preferable hiking pants um so preferably obviously hiking boots but not needed yeah um you need a, like the pants you need a good lightweight shirt yep. i would say I'd say it'd be good to have like a long sleeve and a short sleeve. Yeah. Different seasons. Definitely layers. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like like one of those kind of lighter jackets or something like that. Doesn't have to be. Once again, you don't have to go to like Kathmandu to get one and spend a hundred bucks. Yeah. Just if just so you have those layers on you. Yeah. A, a decent hat, which I know I'm not wearing. A decent hat, pair of sunnies. No, you don't even need a pair of sunnies because you're not right. even wearing a pair of sunnies. And like good attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Just to round off that like cheeky freaking what's it called stereotyping good attitude mate <laughs> um and that's it like that's stuff that you're nine times out of ten you're gonna find it in your wardrobe without realizing 100 percent. i yeah i'm kind of split between wanting to continue chatting and like wanting to get photos to capture this beautiful place and no no you know what i'm gonna say it that like that's i feel like there's a spectrum there like we've we've talked about we, we showed and talked about how it feels like to walk up a hill. Yep. Uh, we've talked about the kind of, the, the, I guess you could say the, the politics that exist in like the parks and in your feelings about them and, and what, how we would change them and what would evolve. Obviously, it's, very, like, it's not very simplified. It's simplified because we don't have like the stats, the numbers in front of us. We're not experts. We're not politicians. Um, we talked about what's amazing about doing these hikes that's right we talked about the dangers and we talked about what makes like what you need to go on a hike yeah and i think that like right now i'm happy to just sit back like you said before enjoy this gorgeous view take some photos have a breather try not to get killed yep and then you know um make our way down but what, like final words man yeah i I would stress everyone who's listening to this to really just get out there. Like, I honestly have felt pretty much what, whatever you might be feeling about going out there and doing it. And I think it's really enriched my life in ways that I am so thankful for. And I know that sounds quite cliche, but it really is true for me because whenever I get into a dark place or I'm feeling, you know, quite anxious, places like this really put things in perspective for me yeah they make me feel small in a way that gives me a really good sense of perspective on life's problems and seeing beautiful things like this i think just i don't really know how to articulate it but they make me so glad to be alive to be, to be able to witness things like this and be in places like this. And it's just a really nice balance to the stresses of everyday living to 
have activities like this. Yeah, man. Cheers to that. Yeah. Freaking, well, thank you for potting. Thank you for having me on. Oh, dude, absolutely. Any time. Can't wait to do another one, which we'll probably do straight after this, but... i got to be honest, it was a bit of a blur. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think back on all the things we talked about and no, that's things I've said, for. and... That's, that's, that's exactly what I'm here for, don't you worry. That's the whole point. Like, that's why you just got to get in a good place. And I'll try and make sure you're not just looping back on yourself and you're not saying shit that you said before and that we somehow find a way to wrap around. So don't, don't, don't you worry. I just really can't stress it enough. Like, hiking is freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's, and it's beautiful. It's, I don't do it enough. Yeah. And man, I'm so glad to be here with you. Oh, me too, man. Fuck like, yeah. this is really meaningful because, yeah, I think it's something I really enjoy and I think you do enjoy, but just don't make the time for. Yeah, I don't. No, that's actually the way I put it. I don't make the time for. That's the whole point of this podcast. Yeah. And a lot of things in life. It's like, it's, it's also, one, I want to create and put it out in the world. Two, I want to intentionally put myself in positions of things that I've been holding back on. Mm. And this is a great excuse for it. And I feel like in my life, I'm sometimes a bit hesitant to, to push people into things when I think that, you know, I might be overstepping my boundaries as a friend or whatever, um, or people may not be into it. And I don't want to, you know, to put people in those positions where they're not happy, you know, mm. or they don't want to do something, but they feel pressured to. But it's something that, yeah, I have yeah, been wanting to do and we will be doing again. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, bye-bye. See ya. Thanks for listening. So that's the episode for today. Stay tuned as there will be new episodes released every single Thursday. And don't forget to keep up to date with us by subscribing to Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. On this episode, I want to give a shout out to Matt Ryan, who thankfully gave his time to be on this podcast and hopefully on future episodes. Can't wait to have him back again. This podcast was produced and edited by me, Piotr Wasilewski, and the music was sourced from the Filmstro website. Till next week. Thanks for listening.